welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. Uh, in terms of business support, uh, today I'm able to announce uh, support of up to $2.34 billion over a four-week period to take us through to the end of September. That will provide support for 175,000 businesses that are affected by the lockdown extension. Not even the thunderous whirling of the hovering helicopter could silence the Minister for Industry Support and Recovery, Martin Pakula, as he made his comments at the press conference this past Saturday regarding further support, yes, further support for Victorian businesses in the wake of Premier Daniel Andrews' announcement of the lockdown extending past the 2nd of September until we reach the 70% first dose of vaccination target. Louis Bulzomi here for Southern Cross Business Advisors in our latest edition of Shooting for the Stars. And just like Al Pacino's character Michael Corleone said in The Godfather Part 3, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Our last episode shut the door on our series of COVID-19 business and individual financial support, but this episode is a recap in some ways. We're going to recap the process on how to apply for the Victorian Small Business COVID Hardship Fund grant, which applications close for that this Friday, the 10th of September, unless it is extended. There has been some commentary around potential extension of the deadline for that grant, but... As it stands right now and as at the time of this recording, the deadline is still this Friday, the 10th of September, hence why we are doing this particular episode dedicated to that grant. But also we are going to look at what Martin Bakula did announce with regards to the other programs in Victoria and the additional payments. We're also going to look at the implications for regional Victoria with regards to the pending potential easing of restrictions and coming out of lockdown this week and what that means for their business support going forward in September. With the exception of the Greater Shepparton area, because of their recent COVID-19 outbreak, they for now will remain locked down in alignment with Metropolitan Melbourne. So let's get into the primary reason why we are recording this episode, and that is the Victorian Small Business COVID Hardship Fund grant application. Now, a couple of weeks ago in our last episode, I did slip in the application process into that episode. However, it was in and amongst all the other business support around the country outside of Victoria and New South Wales. So I don't blame you for getting a little lost in the shuffle there in trying to find that part of that episode, considering that was 87 minutes in length. So for the benefit of those eligible businesses in Victoria, I'm going to put that application process into this episode. That way, it will be just that little bit easier to find the timing of it. First of all, we are going to throw back to Minister Pakula, who made the announcement about the additional support in relation to this particular grant. The Small Business COVID Hardship Fund is having uh, $448 million added to it to take the total of that fund to $700 million. So the grant amount under that fund will increase from $14,000 to $20,000 and the number of businesses to be supported by that fund 
will increase from 18,000 businesses to 35,000 businesses. So a nice little jump of 42.86% in the total amount of the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund grant from $14,000 to $20,000. Now remember, this grant started life at $5,000 when it was first announced back on the 28th of July. So that's a 400% increase in just over a month. So very handy indeed. It became $8,000 on the 6th of August, then $10,000 on the 12th of August, $14,000 on the 19th of August, and now, as of the 4th of September, it has become $20,000. Now, this is statewide, so irrespective of what happens with regional Victoria and coming out of lockdown earlier than metropolitan Melbourne, minus Greater Shepparton, of course, the amount is the same no matter where you are located in the state. And that was the case when the amount did increase to... $10,000 and then $14,000 during that period of August when regional Victoria was out of lockdown. It didn't matter where you were in the state, you would still be eligible to receive the same amount of funding as if you were in metropolitan Melbourne. So that still remains the case. What also remains the case is the eligibility criteria. That remains exactly the same. So you still need to have had an active ABN on and from the 28th of July. You still need to have been registered for GST on and from the 28th of July. And you need to have experienced a decline in turnover of 70% or more of your net income. So not GST, you take GST out of the calculation. It's just your net earnings that you would put on your tax return. So 70% decline in that for a minimum two week period. It can be more than two weeks, but minimum two weeks since the 27th of May up until, for now, the 10th of September this year. And you need to compare that period of decline with a benchmark period from a similar time frame two years ago. So exactly the same length of time. So if you choose, say, three weeks, it has to be three weeks that you compare with. But it can be a couple of days out in terms of the days, up to three days different if you are using 2019 as your benchmark. Anything more than three days, you're going to have to tell Business Victoria why. But if your business didn't exist back then, or if you couldn't really use the benchmark period two years ago, because what was going on in your business wasn't really reflective of your normal trading conditions, you may have had a restructure, you may have experienced drought, bushfires or floods or any other mitigating circumstances, as well as your business being brand new and in a startup phase, then you can use a benchmark period between the 1st of February this year and the 28th of July this year. So all of that criteria and more as per the guidelines on the Business Victoria website at business.vic.gov.au remain the same. So now let's take you back to our last episode where I went through the process step-by-step of how to apply for the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund grant if you are the business owner who uses a qualified agent. Start by going to business.vic.gov.au. That will take you to the Business Victoria homepage. Click on Grants and Programs up the top and then look for Small Business COVID Hardship Fund, one of the nice purple buttons. Click on that and it will take you to the program overview. Then scroll down until you find the I'm a business owner with a qualified agent button. Click on that and it will take you to the introduction page. So what you need to know before completing the application form. So read through that. Go down to the confirmation section, tick all four boxes, and then click on next page. 
Now, you may be asked to log into your Business Victoria account on the next page. If you don't have a Business Victoria account, you can create one on the spot. It's completely free to do so. So either way, you'll then have your Business Victoria account logged into and you can continue on with the application. So you go to section one, is the business eligible to apply? There are seven questions here. You will answer yes to the first five, yes to the last one, but no to question six. The applicant business operates as a private gender exclusive club where membership is only by invitation or nomination by an existing member. Those particular businesses are not eligible for this grant. However, there are a couple of very limited exceptions if you answer no to question four, which ironically relates to being registered for GST. So if you answer no to that question, then question 5.1 will pop up asking for the reason. So you get three options here, but ignore the third option. It's a waste of time, which is none of the above. If you click on that, you'll get the red wording down the bottom that says, unfortunately, you do not qualify for this grant program. So it's pointless to click that option. So you've got the other two that are in play. I attest that my application is for a not-for-profit entity with an annual revenue between $75,000 and $150,000 and is registered with the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission. So those businesses are eligible for this grant. The other option, I attest that my business with annual 2019-2020 turnover of $75,000 or more, so that's the 2020 financial year, is not required by relevant taxation legislation to be registered for GST, and I will provide a statutory declaration to that effect from a registered tax agent. So you'd have to dig deep into the GST Act to find the legislated reason as to why your business, that's not a not-for-profit charity, that turns over more than $75,000 does not have to be registered for GST. And <laughs> the exceptions for that are very limited indeed. So those are your options if you were to select no to question five. In all other circumstances, you would select yes, click on next page and proceed. So you go to section two, the applicant details and fill out the business information accordingly. First of all, you would choose whether or not you're a sole trader. If you are, then you put your legal name in the next box. If you're not, you would put the business name that is listed on your ASIC records, your AC&C records or your Consumer Affairs Victoria records. So make sure that those are an exact match. If they're not, you're gonna run into some big problems. Then you put your ABN in and then you say whether or not you are an employing business registered with WorkSafe Victoria. Obviously, if you don't employ people, you choose no. If you do, you would choose yes. And if you do select yes, you would have to provide your work cover employer number or WorkSafe application reference number. Next question, I have checked the business's Australian business number registration is correct at the ABR, that's the Australian Business Register, as at the 28th of July, 2021. Of course, you would answer yes to that question. You don't have to fill in the company website address or company Facebook page, that is completely optional, but you will have to fill in your business address. So start typing in your address in the registered address lookup box. As you're doing that, you'll start seeing a list of addresses that pop up. Select the one that is your actual address, that'll then pre-fill the grey boxes underneath. And then you continue on by filling in the contact details of the applicant. So if it's you who's applying, then you put your details in. You don't have to put in the role within the business, that's optional. It's only the sections that have the little red asterisk next to them, little red star, that's the ones that you have to fill out. Anything else is optional. Uh, when you get to your mobile number or your direct line number, you need to put the Australian International prefix of plus 61 
into the number. That replaces the zero that's normally in your number. So for example, your mobile number 04, whatever it is, you drop the O off and then put plus six one and then it's four and the rest of your number after that. Then you type in your email address and then type it in again to confirm that it is correct. You won't be able to just simply copy and paste into the second box. There's an added security measure that prevents that from happening. You will have to physically type out your email address twice. Then the next question, I am a qualified agent, qualified accountant, registered tax or BAS agent representing the applicant business. Select no to that. By selecting yes, that means that you actually have to be the accountant or tax or base agent representing the business. So that's a whole separate matter altogether. So select no here. Then the next question will pop up. I am the business owner or a representative listed on the Australian Business Register and I have a signed copy of the letter from the qualified agent. You must say yes to this question. If you say no, little red line comes up down the bottom saying, unfortunately, you do not qualify for this grant program. So avoid the no button at all costs. Definitely say yes to that question and then click on next page. Skipping ahead to section three, the application details. This is where you will put in your impacted period and benchmark period dates, as well as the turnover figures for both. First of all, you need to tick the box at the top that says, I acknowledge that the department may at its discretion validate any information provided in this application with the Australian Taxation Office as part of the assessment process or for future audits. Without ticking that box, there's no way you can proceed. So the impacted period, please provide the start date when the applicant business was most impacted by COVID restrictions, known as the impacted period, between the 27th of May, 2021 and the 10th of September, 2021. Yes, we're looking into the future. Now, you will choose the start date for your period. So for example, 1st of July, 2021. And then in the next box, it says the number of weeks chosen in the chosen impacted period. This must be a minimum of two consecutive weeks. So you just put the number in there. So two is the minimum, of course, but it can be three, four, five weeks, however long it needs to be in order for you to be eligible and meet the turnover decline threshold. Then you put in your GST turnover for that impacted period. Just the full dollar amount, no cents are required. Then when it comes to the benchmark period, you'll be asked whether or not the business was actively trading between the 27th of May 2019 to the 10th of September 2019. If you select yes, you can then just go straight to putting in the same starting date or similar starting date. If you're a few days either side, it's okay. But if it's more than three, you'll be asked why. But if you select no to that question, then another drop-down box will appear where you will select from the options why the dates in 2019 are not an appropriate benchmark for the applicant business. So the options are as follows. The business was very new and in a startup phase. A key staff member was sick, injured or took extended leave. The acquisition, disposal or restructure of the business or a natural disaster such as a bushfire, drought or flood. So once you've picked the reason that applies to you, you then go ahead and choose the starting date of the alternative benchmark period. So for example, the 1st of February, 2021, and then put in your GST turnover for that period. Then you will enter the reduction in turnover as a percent value using the following formula. Don't get spooked out if you're not a maths whiz. It's a very easy formula. And if you are a user of zero, there actually is a calculator that's built in to the zero program in your report section that you can use to help you. The formula is 
The number one minus, in brackets, the GST turnover in the impacted period divided by the GST turnover in the benchmark period times 100. So, for example, say you divide your impacted period turnover by your benchmark period turnover and you get a result of 0.1. You then take that away from the number one and you get 0.9. You multiply that by 100, you get a result of 90 and you put 90 in the box. So it really is that simple. It's just simple primary school bod mass. Brackets of division, multiplication, addition and subtraction. You then tick the next couple of boxes that attest that the benchmark period selected is representative of normal business operations and confirming that as a direct consequence of COVID-19 restrictions, the applicant business has experienced a reduction in turnover of at least 70% for a minimum consecutive two-week period compared to the benchmark period entered above. After that, you'll then attach the letter that's provided by your qualified agent. And then down the bottom, you will put in the details of the qualified agent who has specifically signed off on the letter. Now, the qualified agent will provide you their professional body membership. So the options here are CPA Australia, the Institute of Public Accountants, the Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, the former CA, Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Australian Bookkeepers Association Limited, the Association of Accounting Technicians Australia Limited, the Tax Institute, the National Tax Agents Association or the NTAA Plus, and Tax and Super Australia. They'll also provide you their professional membership number and their registered tax or BAS agent number. So once you've filled all those details out, you then go to the next page. Section four is all about proof of identity. You have four options to choose from. Driver license or learner permit, Medicare card, Australian passport or Australian visa. So we'll click driver license for example. Down the bottom, you'll then be asked to put in your driver license number, the state of issue, the given name that is on your license. Don't include your middle name or initial. So just your first name and your surname. And then your date of birth. If you select Medicare number, you'll be asked to provide your Medicare card details, which is your full Medicare card number and your individual reference number along with the card colour. There are three of them, green, blue or yellow. And of course, your date of birth. And there's also one other question. Does your name appear across more than one line of the card? So if it does, then you will have to put your name as it appears on line one and then select how many other lines that you have accordingly. If you select Australian passport, you'll be asked to put in your passport number, your given name and your family name and date of birth. That's pretty straightforward there. And then the last one, Australian visa. If you select that option, you'll be asked for your 13-digit visa number, your passport number, your nationality, your given name, including your middle name or initial, which is exactly printed on your passport, and your family name, which is exactly as printed on your passport along with your date of birth. And finally, you need to tick the two boxes at the top half of this section, confirming that you understand that if your proof of identity cannot be verified, you'll receive a follow-up email from COVID-19 programs at ecodev.vic.gov.au with instructions to amend your proof of identity details. And you acknowledge that on receipt of a follow-up email, if you do not rectify your application's proof of identity details prior to the application closing date, reminder, 11.59pm on Friday the 13th of August 2021, your application will not be considered by the department for this program. Section five gathers some more information about your business. Now, unlike the business cost assistance program round two application, 
You don't have to tell your story right now in this section with regards to how COVID has directly impacted your business. Remember with BCAP round two, there was no decline in turnover requirement. It was simply if your ANZIC code was on the eligible list of ANZIC codes that qualified for that grant. So turnover didn't matter. It was just simply your industry was identified as one severely impacted by the COVID restrictions. Because we have the decline in turnover requirement here, that doesn't apply. However, you still will need to have a story ready to tell in the unlikely event. I do use that term a little loosely, unlikely, because it obviously can be likely, but in the unlikely event that you will be audited by Business Victoria down the track. If you do end up having to go through an audit, you will have to have your story ready as to how COVID has severely impacted your turnover and your business since the 27th of May, 2021. But for now, you don't have to put that information into this section. At the top, by applying for this grant, you're intending to use these funds for the purposes of the business and agree to provide expenditure details and proof of purchases on request. And they've stated some examples, which you've got some uh, boxes next to them, which you can tick accordingly. You don't have to tick all four of these, but obviously tick the ones that apply. Meeting business costs, including utilities, wages, or rent, seeking financial, legal, or other advice to support business continuity planning, including coming to talk to us at Southern Cross Business Advisors, developing the business through marketing and communications activities, or any other supporting activities related to the operation of the business. That's pretty much your, all your, your catchfall expenditure there if it doesn't meet any of the other three. You tick the next box after that. By checking this box, I attest that evidence will be retained for these incurred costs for four years, and agree to provide these on request for audit purposes. So you don't have to submit evidence of your eligible business costs right now with your application. It's merely a declaration at this stage. However, if Business Victoria do decide down the track they want to audit and investigate just that a little bit further, they will ask for such evidence. So you need to retain receipts, retain other correspondence that relates to eligible business costs from now until this same time in 2025. And then down the bottom, a little bit more information about your business. Now, whether you answer yes or no to these questions, it won't affect your eligibility. However, if earlier you said that you were an employing business earlier on in the application, then all of a sudden you say no to this question, my business employed staff in a 2020-2021 financial year, yeah, that might raise a few eyebrows. So make sure whatever you answered earlier in the application for that particular question, uh, whether you're an employing business or not, uh, you would answer the same here. So sole traders, you would answer no in that case. Uh, the next one, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, uh, that's again optional there. And is this application for a social enterprise which is certified by social traders and all listed on the map for impact? Again, uh, answer accordingly. Now section six is a very fun section. This is where you put your bank details in so that you receive your money from Business Victoria. So pretty simple. What is the name on your Australian bank account? Make sure it does match exactly what it says on the bank account that is registered with your particular financial institution. Put your BSB number in the next box. That'll then um, spit out a confirmation that it's the bank that you are definitely with. For example, 733250 is linked with Westpac in Robinvale. And then your account number. You put your uh, digits in there accordingly. Then tick the box that says, I have verified the BSB number and account number entered above against the business's Australian bank statement and can confirm they are correct. Now, it is optional to provide supporting documentation down the bottom. There is a little uh, file link that you can upload files to if you so choose. You don't have to, though, so you can ignore that particular requirement and move on. 
So we're on the home stretch now. Section seven is simply your declaration and agreement, acknowledgement and lodgement page. So you would just read through that whole page there, just skim along and then tick the box down the bottom that you are making the above declaration and agree to the terms of the grant as set out in the online form. Put your name in, whoever is filling the form out. So if it's yourself as the business owner or an authorised representative listed under your ABN on the Australian Business Register and then you position or roll accordingly. Then you will click save and preview. It just takes you back to the entire application, which you can then reread and make sure that it is all correct. And if there are any changes, of course, you can click the previous button at any time and go back to the relevant section and update. Then you will click save and submit. You'll get a receipt number. You'll also receive an email to confirm that you have made your application. And then Business Victoria will, of course, then contact you down the track if they do require further information or to tell you the good news that you're eligible and you receive the money in due course or the bad news that you're ineligible. And finally, at any time, if you cannot complete your application all in one go, fear not, you do have the save as draft option down the bottom that you can click to save your progress and then come back later to fill out. But of course, don't get caught out with the due date. Remember, Applications close at 11.59 on Friday, the 10th of September, 2021, unless extended prior. It hasn't been any correspondence as to whether or not it will be officially extended. So, as at the time of this recording, the deadline is 11.59pm, Friday, the 10th of September, 2021. So, that takes care of the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund. Now, let's quickly look over all the other announcements for the other grants that haven't got new application portals open, but are simply automatic top-ups on all the other grant funding that has been previously received under each of these programs. To help us out with that, let's throw back to Minister Pakula. The licensed hospitality venue fund uh, will continue uh, as it has been going. That's an additional... $289 million to continue to provide support of five, ten, and $20,000 per week uh, to licensed hospitality venues based on their capacity. Uh, in regards to the Alpine support top-up, there will be uh, another fortnight of payment for the Alpine support program, another $11.2 million, payments of between $10,000 and $40,000 to take those businesses through to roughly the end of the ski season. Uh, and in regard to the Business Cost Assistance Program, which supports some 132,000 businesses, uh, that will continue at the rate of $2,800 per week with a couple of important exceptions. For those businesses with payroll of between $650,000 and $3 million per annum, they will instead receive a weekly payment of $5,600 over the next four weeks. And for those businesses with payroll between $3 million and $10 million, uh, they will receive $8,400 per week. Uh, those payments will be made fortnightly rather than weekly uh, over the next four-week period. And I should just say for uh, BCAP recipients, because we now need to tier those businesses into those three uh, tiers, um, that will take uh, a week or so uh, for us to do that. But when a payment is received, it will be a fortnight's pay rather than a single week's payment. 
So $2.34 billion of support to get us through the next four weeks. And obviously, uh, if it needs to be extended beyond that, uh, we will have more to announce later in the month. But that level of certainty that we're providing to business over the next four weeks with $2.34 billion of support, co-funded by the Commonwealth, uh, I think that certainty will be welcomed by business and we're certainly um, very thankful to the Commonwealth for their 50% contribution. So those particular programs will continue to roll on as they have been in previous weeks until the lockdown officially ends, with a slight exception to the Business Cost Assistance Program. It's now a three-tiered payment system based on your payroll. So as Minister Pakula pointed out, anyone with a payroll of less than $650,000, which is the minimum threshold to meet for payroll tax, so anything below that, you don't pay any payroll tax in the state of Victoria, you will continue to receive just the $2,800 a week in fortnightly instalments of $5,600. If your payroll is between $650,000 and $3 million, that payment doubles to $5,600 a week or $11,200 per fortnight. And if your payroll is between $3 million and $10 million, remember $10 million is the maximum threshold for the Business Cost Assistance Program, then that payment goes up even further to 8400 So triple the amount of the current BCAP amounts that are being paid. So 8400 a week for those particular businesses. Obviously, that equates to 16800 a fortnight. Now, while there hasn't been a decision made as at the time of this recording, Regional Victoria, with the exception of Greater Shepparton, is scheduled to come out of lockdown at some stage this week. Now, what will happen to those payments for those businesses in regional Victoria that do come out of lockdown? Minister Bakula answered that question thus. It says in your statement the statewide lockdown has been confirmed until September 23. Does that mean that regional Victoria won't be coming out? No, no, it, no it doesn't mean that at all. It, what, what, what we've said in regards to... Um, uh, the, the Premier's already indicated that we'll, we'll look at the issue in regards to regional Victoria um, over the next week. Um, nothing's changed in that regard. If the statement says that, it might be slightly inaccurate. Um, in regards to payments for those businesses in regional Victoria, they'll get their first fortnight. And if they come out of lockdown earlier than that fortnight, um, if, if, if they're out after a week, they'll, they'll, they'll keep the second week of payment. Yes, good pick up by that journalist there regarding the factual error in the Premier's media release talking about the statewide lockdown how regional Victoria would continue on with Metro Melbourne and Greater Shepparton, but that is not necessarily true. Of course, a decision will be made in the coming days. So if regional Victoria does come out of lockdown because those payments for BCAP and Licensed Hospitality Venue Fund and the Alpine Resorts Fund are fortnightly, Minister Pukula has guaranteed the first fortnightly payment will still be paid to businesses in regional Victoria that do come out of lockdown this week. So you'll still get that first fortnightly payment at least if you do come out of lockdown. It won't be prorated based on the day that you officially come out. So for those businesses, assume that the lockdown will continue on for two more weeks from a financial support perspective, not from a real lockdown perspective. We all hope we're out of here as at the time of this recording. Obviously, we're not, but we would want to be. But from a financial support perspective, assume that the lockdown in all of regional Victoria will continue for at least 
another fortnight. So at least you do get that fortnight's pay into your accounts. Ah, well, that's a nice change of pace. Only 32 minutes required to get through all the content in this episode. That's quite the world away from the hour plus marathons of recent COVID episodes. But hey, just because there wasn't as much content to get through, it doesn't make it any less important. In our next episode, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to steer away from COVID for just a little bit and go back to some of the Managing People episode that I recorded with Managing Director Noel Costa back in May of this year, where we discussed in particular the four behavioural styles that make up what's called the DISC profile. Dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance, and how they can help you manage your people in your business. Be sure to tune in and be sure to subscribe to our major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Podcast Index, and rss.com to be up to date with all of our Shooting for the Stars content. This is Louis Bulzomi for Southern Cross Business Advisors, where our clients always have life goals. We're here to help them identify and achieve them. Goodbye. Goodbye.